He's old, it'll take him a long time to get to his seat, so I'll go ahead and get started. <laughs> Several years ago, I, spent, I met a guy by the name of Joe Sharp. Uh, and Joe got up and shared how that he was one of the, uh, he was the uh, bodyguard for one of the largest drug dealers in Charlotte, North Carolina. And he talked about how that he would uh, sleep with a 357 duct tape to his hand and it loaded in case these, his drug buddies come up against him or, or the law come up against him that, were, that he wouldn't have to worry about get, uh, trying to find his weapon, trying to make sure it's loaded. He was ready to fire. He traveled a lot. And he'd steal Bibles out of the motel rooms and stack them up in his apartment. Now, why he stole Bibles, I don't know, but he'd steal them. One night, he'd come, he, he was coming out home from being out uh, on, a, on a trip. And as a, as a beautiful Sunday morning, as he shared, and he passed a small congregation on his way home. And they were just getting out of church. And, and he, um, he, he saw and looked upon their faces and saw what happiness he could see on their faces. And he said, I need what those people have. Amen. And Joe Sharp went to his, mo uh, to his apartment that day, got one of those stolen motel Bibles, and he began to read it. And there in his apartment, he bowed his, on his knees and asked the Lord Jesus Christ Amen. to come into his heart. Amen. Then the Lord called him to be a Gideon. Instead of stealing Bibles, he gave Bibles out. Amen. Amen. And then uh, later on in life, God called him to a much higher calling than a Gideon, and that's to preach the gospel. And far as I know, Joe Sharp is still preaching the gospel because of people like you that the Gideons was able to place that motel Bible in that room. This Bible that came, this particular Bible, let me tell you about it, it came out of the library prison library in Boone, North Carolina. I want to share with you what George, George, Joe Dillinger had to say about God's Word. He said, I believe in this book. It helped me through this place and everything else. And when I came in prison, I did not think there was a God. But now I sure do. It's not funny. Try it. You will see. Signed, Joe Dillinger. Well, I'm glad to be here. When you get my age, you're happy to be anywhere. Say amen right there. Uh, Brother George, did I have it right? You're George. Brother George said this was an amen seat. And if you didn't say amen, you wasn't supposed to sit there. So I don't want to be like my, my uh, black friends in, in, the, in the black churches. You know, they, they'll have to call on you. There you so, so I won't have to call on you to say amen. But it is good to be here. I appreciate Brother Wade. I don't never, I don't hardly ever get nervous as far as speaking. And I've spoken hundreds of times. God's allowed me to speak. I remember one time I was in a little small congregation. I got nervous, but I asked Brother Wade. I said, "Is this where Earl Alexander used to speak? There's a church over here somewhere you used to want to have no one but a good friend of mine, Brother Earl. Now he was wide open. He'd run aisles, and boy, I mean, he would preach. He said, "No, he said I'm, I've been speaking over here a lot." So I got a little nervous having to follow Brother Wade. Uh, so. Uh, he, he, uh, so, y'all pray for me, amen? So I'm following a, a, a tough act here. 
But boy, this bus is fun right here. And I asked a brother over here, and he happens to be the bus man. That brings back a lot of memories, don't it, Wilma? Uh, 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 man, we we attended the church with we around about five buses, and, and and I miss those days. And we bring in those kids, and 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 God bless their hearts. They, you know, the only love they ever got was the love they got there. And, and man, you you'd have discipline problems. I mean, we'd have to. <laughs> Oh, it, it was bad, but Lord of mercy, we had a lot of those kids saved. In one year, one year, God allowed, allowed us to see somebody saved every Sunday for a year. We had somebody saved every Sunday for a year. God bless you, brother, in the bus ministry. And, and I'll ask God to remind me to pray for you, brother. And, and I appreciate y'all going out and trying to reach these kids and showing some love and showing that Jesus will make a difference in their life. And I appreciate y'all doing that. That's good preaching, amen, if I am doing it, amen. I was sitting in my chair one night. Ever, anybody ever watch Channel 8? where they have a deal or a dud. And then they get you to try a product, and they try it, and then they determine whether it's a deal or a dud. Anybody ever watch that? Nobody watch Channel 8? <laughs> <laughs> any of you watch television? I'll tell you my, my television story. I was speaking up in uh, Hendersonville, I believe it was, at a pastor's banquet many, many years ago. And I'd spoken all over, all over there, and... and uh, uh, I asked the guy, uh, I said, have I, have I spoken here before? And, uh, and uh, he said, I don't think so. I said, he said, well, I said, I, you watch reruns on television. So I said, well, praise God, we just watch a rerun today. And boy, he said, sir, I don't watch television. I got rid of mine. Boy, I said, floor, eat me. Amen. <laughs> but over the years, when you, get, when you get old like Wade now, you'll have stories to tell. But Channel 8 has this program, and they determine whether it's a deal or dirt. I, I mean, they'll try out stuff. And I was sitting there that night, one night watching that, and my Bible was laying there on my table beside the chair that I sleep about half the time in. And I looked at that at, uh, Bible there, and I said, man, right there's the real deal. And God gave it to me and gave me some stuff on the real deal. And I want to pre- speak, speak to you for tonight for just a few minutes on the real deal. Now, the pastor, you know... He, he don't care how long you go. He said, take as much as the Lord leads. But I've learned a long time ago with most Baptist churches, if you get much over 20, 25 minutes, uh, uh, the Lord's not leading it anymore according to them. So I'll try to close this thing out. So I'll try to... Cl- You'll learn that as you speak. Amen? True story. I was speaking at a church one time. The roster was about that high. And he said, if you don't finish by 12 o'clock, there's a trap door and the door falls. Brother, about five minutes till I got over here and finished up just to make sure my watch wasn't right. <laughs> I want to talk to you on the real deal. Let me just say a word or two about the real deal. John chapter 1 verse 1 says, the word of God, the word of God was God and, and was with God and was God. Yes. So the real deal is the word of God. Amen. Can you hear me now? Yes. Do I need to repeat what I just said? Yes. We're talking about the real deal, okay? Yes. And also, the real deal is more to be desired than gold. 
yea, much fine gold, and it's sweeter than the honey and the honeycomb. So the real deal, let me tell you about our auxiliary has the responsibility of passing out uh, the Bibles to the, uh, to the nursing in the medical field. And now they've expanded that also. If needed, they, they can help us on about any distribution that we have if we feel like it's necessary need. <clears throat> uh, but uh, our auxiliary uh, does the medical. And this is the, the White Testament. And, and I can tell you a story about that, but I can't tell stories all night. I've got to talk about the real deal. Amen. That's what I'm here to do is talk about the real deal. Uh, but uh, uh, Betty Woods, I met her several years ago. She's a, a short lady. Uh, and I wish she was here to share it because she can do a whole lot better than I can. I thought there's some water up here. What happened to it? Oh, <clears throat> I wish she was here to share it because she can do a lot better than, than, than I can. I didn't want y'all to let, think y'all was left out over here. That's why I moved over here, okay? <laughs> uh, but she, she shared, I heard her share about uh, she's working at Forsyth Hospital and how she, got, how she got cancer. And she had to have one of her breasts removed. She had to have the treatments and her hair came out and everything. Uh, and, 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 you know, she said before all that happened to her, you know, she said people say, Betty, will you pray for me? And she said, yeah, I say I'll pray for you. She said, I won't, I won't even think about it anymore. But God got her attention. And she's working there in the hospital at Forsyth. Uh, and she had a patient by the name of Baxter. It opened up for me. Uh, had had a, a had a a, a a patient by the name of Baxter. Thank you, brother. <clears throat> they tell me tell me if I get at a higher altitude, your voice messes up. I don't know. Am I at a higher altitude here? And I was at uh, uh, Wilkes County. Uh, <laughs> And, 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 and she came into work, and, and, and she tried to witness the Baxter. And he'd come in for dialysis. And she'd say, she'd tell Baxter, she said, God loves you, and said, God wants to see you saved. And Baxter would make fun of her. And I said, look at you, you're not even a complete woman anymore. And, and you say, God, and your hair's come out and all this stuff. And he said, and you say, God loves you. And she said, oh, yeah, God's healed me of cancer. And God loves me, and God loves you, and God wants to see you saved. One day she came in and they said, you need to go down and get Baxter ready to go. That particular morning, or particular day, she, she shared how that, that, that she went down and she slipped into the bathroom on the left and got down on her knees and said, Lord, help me witness to Baxter today. Now, I'll tell you something. If you're sitting here tonight and you don't know Christ as your personal Savior, you can't understand that kind of stuff. Only God can put that kind of concern and that kind of love in your heart. And if you don't know Him, tonight would be a good night to get to know Him. Amen? Just throw that in, brother. Because it's important. Amen? It's important to be saved and time is running out. Amen? She, she, she came out of that bathroom, walked right up to Baxter, and she described Baxter as a big, uh, large, tall person. And she was a short so I looked him right in the eyes and said, Baxter... Here's my nurse's testament that they gave me <clears throat> when I graduate from college. And in the back, it shows you how to be saved. And for y'all that's familiar with this, the Romans road, or the road map to heaven, it gives the scriptures. And she said, I want you to take it. He took it. Sometime later, she came in and they said, did you hear about Baxter dying this afternoon in the emergency room? 
And she said, no, I'm sorry to hear that. Sometime later, she came into work. There's a lady there waiting for her. Said, are you Mrs. Woods? And she said, yes, I am. She said, I'm Baxter's wife. And he wrote you a letter. And I found it. And I thought you'd like to have it. And handed it to her. And she opened it up and it said, Dear Betty, I just wanted to let you know that I got saved before I died. And I'll be waiting for you when you come through the gates. Baxter got the real deal. In 1941, we made our first distribution. Uh, our first distribution. We normally, we are better known for our, for our motels, and that was placements of Bibles. But for 1941, we made our first distribution, and it was to the military. Uh, and since that time, we passed out over, what, 45 million scriptures to, the, to our men and women in the armed forces. I want to read to you what the president at that time wrote for us, and we were allowed to print in the front of the Bible. This is a 1943 edition, and I don't know how long they did that. But it says, as commander-in-chief, I take pleasure in commending the reading of the Bible to all who serve in the armed forces of the United States throughout the centuries. Men of many faith and diverse origins have found in the sacred works words of wisdom, counsel, and inspiration it's a foundation of strength and now as always an aid in obtaining the highest aspiration of the human soul. Signed, Franklin D. Roosevelt. Would you say we've backed up a little bit since then? A friend of mine by the name of Joe Bill Miles was drafted into the military. He was lost, had a prayer mom. He went to Camp Lejeune for his basic training. And him and some of his buddies got to read in the, uh, they got their testament at, at, through the, uh, in Charlotte when they went through the distribution center there in Charlotte. And some of his buddies got to read their, their little Gideon testament in a broom closet in camp, at Camp Lejeune, North Carolina. And one night on August the 13th, my birthday, Next Thursday, I'll be old, 71. Thank God for letting me live for 71 years. On my birthday, 1951, Joe Bill Miles bowed his head there at Camp Lejeune in that broom closet and asked the Lord Jesus Christ to come into his heart. Joe Bill came back, and God called him into the Gideons. And Joe Bill built, Joe Bill spent the rest of his life, he died about a year ago, of going into churches, brother, and saying, please help us buy Bibles that we might win men, women, boys, and girls to the Lord Jesus Christ in the 200 countries that we're in, in the 99 languages that they're in. And, and we're passing them out at, a, at a, about over 84 million last year. This, this, uh, this, physical, this calendar year... A couple of three months ago, we passed out our second billionth copy. It took us 93 years to pass out the first billion. It only took us less than 14 years to pass out our second billionth. And Brother Wade and I hope he and I live to see the third billionth copy. And wouldn't that be nice to live and see that? 
And I appreciate y'all being part of that. But Joe Bill, he, he went from church to church begging people. He got the real deal. And he wanted to share the real deal with other people. And boy, if you could hear him speak, he was so humble. I'm glad Joe Bill got the real deal. You know, when God gives you something, you kind of want some proof that that's what he wants you to do. And he gave me that real deal. And I'd worked on the real deal. And, and, and I picked up our monthly magazine one day, and there was Oracle, the real deal. My friend Ralph Davis, past president of, of the state of North Carolina Gideons, his wife is now treasurer of Treasurer International. She'll eventually be president. And he was over, over in, you'd have to know Ralph to appreciate this, he was over in Nicaragua. And he, he and his buddies got up that morning to go to the airport. And he asked his buddy, he said, if you, do you have any more PWTs? And the PWTs are the, are the ones that we use. We call them personal workers. We put on PWTs that we buy with our own money. In case I forget to tell you, of all the scriptures that's bought, the Gideons buy basically a third of them. So we're not asking you to do something we don't do ourselves. And, and he said, have you got a PWT? He looked in his pocket. He said, I don't have one. Ralph said, man, I've given all my way. So Ralph stole the motel Bible out of the motel room to give to the taxi driver right, or the shuttle service guy. <laughs> and he, he gets to the airport. Uh, now, wait, if you read the article, all this might not be. I talked to him personally on it, so wait, wait, won't chew me out after you added to or took from. But he, he, what, he, he personally shared it with me, plus I read it. And, and, and he said, uh, they got to the airport, <clears throat> and the cop came up to him, our local police there, and said, sir, I'd like to see your passport. He said, it's not the real deal. And he reached in his pocket to get his passport, and guess what he felt? A little PWT. Now, this old country boy, I just believe God could put it there. Now, you say, well, he just missed it. Well, he might have missed it. I don't know, but it was there. And Ralph said that scared me to death. He said, he, he said well, I just had it renewed a year ago. He said, and it's the, it, there's not, he said, I'm telling you, it's not the real deal. We're going to have to take you to jail. And, and the cop pushed it about, I guess, as much as he thought he could. And all of a sudden, the camera started going off and the cell phone started going off and all this stuff. And a, a friend of his from South Africa had, pay, had pulled a trick on him. Now, brother, I don't mind having a little fun, but that, to me, that's going a little too far. <laughs> and and, and he, he took that little personal testament he had in his hand. He looked at that at, uh, cop, and you'd have to know, brother, Ralph, to appreciate. He said, do you know Jesus? He said, no, I don't know Jesus. He said, would you like to know Jesus? He said, this is the real deal right here. He said, who wouldn't want to know Jesus? And my friend Ralph took that little personal worker's testament and showed that local cop by the name of Denny in Nicaragua how to be saved. He accepted, his Christ. he accepted Christ there as his personal Savior. He got the real deal at the airport in Nicaragua. God is good. Amen.
friend of mine was in Maui. Uh, not a friend of mine, a guy by the name of Stevens. All Gideons are friends of mine, but amen. I don't care if I've ever met him, amen. And, and, and he's on an um, extension action trip. And that's where they take about 12 of Gideons from uh, the United States and other countries, and they go into a country, and they pass out hundreds of thousands of scriptures to, to the people. I mean, uh, my buddy Jeff up in Allegheny, he went to Peru in the last couple of three. They passed out a million scriptures in two years and two weeks. And they were over there passing them out in the schools. And what, they were down to the last week. And it was on Thursday. <clears throat> and there's a school back in, in the bushes that they probably would have had to walk in to get to. And they sent word that they would not be able to get there. Well, they got word back, says, if you wait on us till in the morning, we'll bring the kids to you. And Brother Stephen said, I'll wait on So he got up, got there about 9 o'clock. About 9.30, here they come. 874 kids, the ages from, I believe, 8 to 14. I'm not sure on the ages, but young uh, from middle age to elementary kids' schools, uh, schools age, and four teachers. And all of them had a little snack with them, and all of them had a little bag to put their testimony in. And the teacher said, can we let them eat their snack before we start making the distribution? He said, sure. He said, what time did you leave? They said, 3.30. They had walked 20 one miles to get a copy of God's Word. Got any school teachers in here? How would you like to take 874 students if they're like the ones in Wilkes County? And, and, and you, my, our, our son's in education. Uh, so, uh, and, and walk 21 miles, three of them. Well, in Wilkes County, you wouldn't have had a third of them by the time you got there. And he handed all those kids, and the ones that didn't have a little bag, they had a little piece of paper or something. They was getting a copy of God's Word in their language that they could understand. And it was so precious to them that they had something to put it in. And he gave the teachers each a Bible. Now this old country boy if you walk 21 miles this way and you got to go back home, it's 21 miles back. And guys, I'm telling you, if they're willing to walk 21 miles to get a copy of God's Word, we ought to be willing to help buy them. Somebody say amen right there. Amen. Man, I could talk all night. Billy Buck a rough service guy type guy worked for a tire company he came in to get a, a bill signed by Mr. Lisp Mr. Lisp had Bibles laying on his desk he said Mr. Lisp he said would one of those Bibles help a man that's divorced he said it sure would and Billy Buck shared with 
Mr. Lisp there, how that his wife had left him and left him with the kids. Mr. Lisp gave him a copy of PWT. And Mr. Lisp had scriptures highlighted for you to read. That's just one thing he did. He highlighted them. Mr. Lisp carried him to church, or he came to Mr. Lisp's church that next Sunday and got saved. Amen. He come back in sometime later, and he said, Mr. Lisp, he said, I want you to highlight some more pages for me. And he said, what pages do you want highlighted? He said, well, just highlight me some more pages. And he told Mr. Lisp, he said, I already won about three or four people to the Lord. He said, highlight me with some more scriptures. And pushed him to the point, finally, Billy Buck dropped his head. And he said, I can't read. He said, how in the world did you win those people to the Lord? He said, I just showed them to read the highlighted scriptures and I told them what Jesus had done for me. Now one of our objectives is to be a witness. We've got eight objectives. Eight, Eight objectives? Seven. Seven objectives. And one of them is witnessing. If old Billy Buck was willing to share the real deal with those people, shame on us that we are not telling people about the real deal. Ask you to do three things. Ask you to pray for the getting ministry. The devil has no defense for prayer. And everybody can pray. And you ask God to remind you to pray for David Elmore. And, and folks, please, ask God to remind you to pray for the bus man over here. I, will, I mean, young man, need to pray for him. And, and, and a pastor five years ago told me, I asked him, I said, Preacher, would you pray for me? I said, I'm having something done later in the week. He said, I'll ask God to remind me. I saw him sometime after. He said, God reminded me to pray for you. And I've been doing that for over five years, myself, practicing it. And, and I'll tell people, we had a little boy sick in our, our church and, and a, a grandchild of friends of ours. And, and she asked me to pray. I said, I'll ask God to remind me. You know, he reminded me for about a week. I forgot to ask today if that little boy was okay. But pray for the getting ministry and ask God to remind you to pray for things that you need to pray for. And then I'm so happy to hear that you guys are really using the, the Memorial Bible Plan or the Gideon Card Program. They keep changing names. Us old people, we still call it the Memorial Bible Plan. It's the card program now, I think. Is that, Brother Wade, is that the official word now? But, but really... I personally think that the cards are the, beautiful, uh, the most prettiest cards we've ever had. And, and you've got it for praying for you, uh, recognition, in memory, on Pastor's Day. And, and the pastor just shared with us how you guys would do that instead of sending flyers. And I could stand here and talk to you a lot about uh, uh, the more wobble plan. My dad lived to be 10 days shy of 96. My mom lived to be a little over 90. 
I keep saying 93, 90, 93 or somewhere in there. And, and, and we got cards. And, and what a blessing. And, and we've gotten them before. And, and it's just good. It's a good program, let me tell you. To, you just don't believe what it does to people when they receive those cards. And I ask you to continue to do that. And thank you, Pastor, for promoting that. I, I appreciate it. And then I'm going to talk to you about how important uh, pastors, y'all determine, and you've already given me the check, or we, I've gave it to Brother Wade. And I appreciate y'all doing that because that way everybody gives you tithes and offerings. All of you are taking part. Uh, and, and I appreciate that. And, and, and just to let you know how important one little testament is. Now, of all the testaments we pass out, it, uh, if they average the cost and the cost of getting them to the countries, they average anywhere from $1.25 to $1.30. And you'll hear anything sometimes even $1.35. And we, when you're doing millions, I mean, I mean when, I, when I told you we passed out $84 million, that's like 500 trailer loads of Bibles. Now, can you imagine that? And they up there, they call them, haul them into the port up there uh, uh, um, where the printer is in these containers. And they say it's amazing seeing them in containers going down there to be shipped out. So it's big. You are part of something. It's big. We're over a hundred, about 112 years old. Uh, I'm within a year or two. Uh, and we've had one objective in mind all that time, and that's when men, women, boys, and girls to the Lord Jesus Christ. We do it by placing of God's word in, uh, placing of God's word, and by personal witnessing. And been doing that for the for, for the whole time. And and, and and far as I'm concerned, if they get away from that objective, uh, men, ways going to get out. Say amen right there. Amen. I met a guy by the name of David Oates. One time, he came up there to meet, to go to one of our churches. And we live up, we got mountains up there in Wilkes County. We got crooked roads. We still got dirt roads in Wilkes County. And they, he was going to White Hope Baptist Church. And you can't get there from here to White Hope Baptist Church. You'd have to start somewhere else. <laughs> and he sent, he sent me to take this guy to White Oak Baptist Church. His name was... David Oates. He had a good name, didn't he? They didn't get him. <laughs> and he shared about his dad, Curtis Oates. He is a Gideon in Greensboro. Had a Sunday school class. And he had a couple in there. The couple, his, the, couple the wife, and the, her husband. And her husband's name was Lester. His wife was there every Sunday, basically. Lester didn't come much. Curtis would try to witness to Lester, and Lester wouldn't want to hear what he had to say. And, you know, a lot of people don't want to hear what you say if you want to talk to them about Jesus. You know, the real deal, they can't stand the real deal. Get around the words, you get in or out. Amen. You can't stand it. You get in church, you either going, and the word's being preached, you're going to get in or you're going to get out. You can't take it. And they divorced. He goes to Florida, and he kills a man in Florida, or kills a person. He was tried and convicted. He was, on, uh, he was sentenced to death. He was sitting down on death row. And Lester's wife came to Curtis and said, Curtis, would you go to Florida and witness to my ex-husband one more time? 
He drives to Florida, walks into prison there. He said, I'm Curtis Oates from Greensboro, North Carolina with the Gideon Association. I'm here, I'm here to see uh, uh, Lester. So are you a family member? He said, no, I'm not a family I'm just a Gideon. He said, are you an attorney? He said, no, I'm not an attorney. I said, well, I'm sorry, we can't let you in. If you're not a family member, attorney said, we, we can't let you in. So Curtis goes back outside and he calls his pastor and tells the pastor to start praying, calls him Gideon, had them start praying. He just got down on the sidewalk and started praying himself. He said, Lord, you've sent me down here all the way to Florida to witness the Lester, and they will not let me in. About that time, somebody tapped him on the shoulder. He said, sir, you got a problem? He said, yes, sir, I got a problem. He said, what's your problem? He said, there's a man in there by the name of Lester on death row. He's lost. He's on his way to hell. And if I don't get in there to witness to him, he asked where he's going. He said, sir, no problem. He said, I just happen to be the state superintendent of the prison system for the state of Florida. Now, folks, that's not luck. That's not a coincidence. It's God. Could a guy get an amen right there? He goes in there and he pulls out that little personal worker's testament. He walks in, pulls out the little worker's testament. And, and, and Lester looked at him. He said, if you don't leave, I'm going to call the guards to come and get you. He said, will you promise me one thing? I'll leave if you'll do this. He said, take my little testament. And you promise me that you'll read the last two pages. Y'all remember what the last two pages are, right? How to get saved. He said, if you leave, I'll do it. He left. Came back to Greensburg. Sometime later, he got a letter. He said, uh, I just wanted to let you know that I did what you asked me to do. He said, I read those last two pages. And he said, God spoke to my heart, and I accepted Christ as my personal Savior. He got the real deal. They corresponded over a period of time. One day he picked up the newspaper and saw where they had executed him. Two days later, he got a letter. said, Dear Curtis, by the time you get this letter, they will have killed me for the crime that I committed. But I wanted to let you know before they kill me, I won 47 people to the Lord Jesus Christ, including a reporter. And far as I know, the last words that he wrote was, thank you for not giving up on me. Because of that one little testament, 47 people got the real deal. So when you're dropping in your tithes and you're dropping in your offerings and you have an opportunity to, to give to the Gideon ministry, it's a, a dollar and a quarter is important. You are part of something that is big and, and, and that's winning a lot of people to the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you have lost people here, don't give up on them. Man on death row. Thank you for not giving up on me. God bless you. Sorry it took so long. God bless the United States of America. And may God bless the Gideon ministry. I enjoyed being here and thank you all for listening.